Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part Mohawk, two parts Attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. God, you see how much applause I get when I wear a color other than black for a change. People love it. Welcome to Top of the Food Chain. I am your host, Al Mancini, living proof that when all the beautiful people go to network television, webcasts still need somebody to do something. And that's why I'm here. Thank you so much for showing up at Top of the Food Chain. We are thrilled to have you. We want to um, throw a quick shout out to our sponsor, Bread and Butter. Probably, what, oh, Scud made a thing. I want something out of order right there. Oh, I was supposed to tease it first. <laughs> supposed to tease it. We are going to be talking about the absolute local, everything cool going on on the local food scene today. Just momentarily, we've got Jolene Manina. We have Brock Radke. We are just kind of going to rip and tear into the ugly, seedy underbelly of what happens and the beautiful, nice things that happen here in Las Vegas. But first, I must thank my sponsor. Was that good, Scott? Bread and butter. <laughs> Love, love working with Chris Heron at Bread and Butter, probably the um, most incredible bakery here in Las Vegas. He is doing incredible pastries, incredible breads, great sandwiches. I'm hearing a rumor he may be opening a kind of more dinner time store, and I'll bring you that information first. I actually know it's going to happen, I just don't know what he's going to call it. So we're going to wait to get to that momentarily. Not momentarily, maybe next week. Anyway, in the meantime, um, we're going to be getting to to my guests in a couple seconds, but I gotta tell you people, this is one of those behind the scenes deals, and we're, we'll be talking to Joe about this in a few minutes, but man, you guys know who Tony Shea is? He is like the guy that owns Zappos. I was at a pop-up dinner that Jolene did the other night. This guy owns two top floors of the Ogden. It's like, it, it was the weirdest thing. You walk from one room to another, and there are just cool chefs in, cooking and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I got to say, I want to be rich. So please give me money so I can live like Tony Shack. That's all I have. We got two great guests. We're going to be back in just a second. Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. And we're back on top of the food chain. I remain your host, Al Mancini. My guests very upset we don't have cool puppets like they had in that, um, that little promo. Yeah. Scott, can we get puppets? You can have anything you want. Al. I need puppets. Bring me puppets. In the meantime, I have guests. Incredibly, I mean, you guys are the most plugged in people to the Vegas food local underground that there are. We have Jolene Manina, and we have Brock Radke. There ain't nobody cooler than you in this town, is there? <laughs> Not cooler than Joe. No. And, and Brock, can we, before we get started, can you tell me what you think about John Curtis? <clears throat> uh, quick um, update. John Curtis came on my show, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and just talked about, basically, he thinks you're an idiot. 
and don't, you don't know anything about barbecue. Response? Yeah, it's, I mean, both of those statements are, are true, obviously. <laughs> but, but he said them like they were bad things. I think, I think you haven't, uh, you're, you're insignificant as a food writer until John Curtis uh, calls you out, questions your credibility. So until the most... So I've, it, so I've arrived now, really, so I should, I should be thanking him so until for the putting most, me on the map. Until the most insignificant person questions your significance, <laughs> right. you are insignificant. Yeah. Actually, I, I, uh, I saw him a couple weeks ago, and uh, we went through the whole, the whole routine. It was pretty much the same as when he was on this show, except there were gestures involved, which were highly inappropriate. Did they have fingers like this? No, it was more, I'm not going to do it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, give, I give John his props. Nobody's been, uh, he, he, nobody's been talking about food and writing about food in this town as long as he has. But um, I think the point that he was trying to make, uh, so I, I had written a, a somewhat favorable review of a barbecue restaurant in the Excalibur. Leonard Skinner Barbecue. And, uh, Which he, is, you just want to go there so you can yell Freebird. Yeah, you just, it's worth they it. Bring you things, it's you worth it just to do Free that. Bird, man. <laughs> exactly. But, but uh, yeah, he he uh, he thought I was crazy and uh, kind of called me out on. But you kind of are crazy, but not for that review. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I do all kinds of crazy. Do you things. stand by that review? Do you like? I do, I do, and I don't even you know I don't know if John reads stuff before he starts <laughs> yeah, spouting you know, off you about. You stop that with I don't know if John can read. Yeah, well, <laughs> be, be a I don't know if he it. can or I don't know if he does. <laughs> right. But, you know, I went, I went there twice. I went there for lunch. I went there for dinner. I ate everything on the menu, all the meat, all the side dishes. It's pretty good food. And I said, I wrote, it's the, it's the best barbecue on the Strip. Um, I think that's... Not a lot of competition right exactly. there. That's yeah. like exactly. being the... Uh, never mind. I, it, this goes international. I was going to make a joke, but it might have gone over. That's like being, you know, the um, thinnest person at a Weight Watchers. You know, you, like, and, you know, it's like, yeah, it's all comparative. Yeah. You don't have good barbecue in this town. Right, especially not on the strip, but uh, I'm working on a story on that right now. Yeah. I mean, who are your favorite barbecue? Drinks? Well, I was going to ask you that. Who are your favorite barbecue? Drinks? Well, I mean, I think you got to like Mike Mills. Definitely, you you Memphis, like Memphis Championship Barbecue is the does. the good old standby, pretty reliable. I like, generally speaking, Ben's Barbecue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had one bad okay. experience with them, but they're pretty. They do pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, um, but red crab. TC's rib crib is good, but yeah, in tough. general, I think the problem with barbecue <clears throat> in this town is that nobody does the low and slow process that you're supposed to do. I mean, everybody thinks grilling is barbecue. Yeah, I don't know why, uh, and that was part of my story too, I don't know why Las Vegas doesn't have better barbecue. There's really, there's no excuse. There's nothing that they do in other parts of the country that couldn't be done here We have smoke here. Yeah, we, we have do. fire. You can get wood <laughs> delivered in Las Vegas. And you could actually big, big pits in the desert if yeah. you wanted to, I mean, you know, just dig it out, put some smoke in there. Yeah, I think, I think John, the point that John was trying to make in, in Rib and Me and, and Max Jacobson also was that if you, if you promote mediocrity as a food writer or a food critic, if you, you know, say something's good when it's not that good, then you kind of lose a little bit of your credibility. And I think that's a good point as a critic. But, you know, I write, I write for people that live in Las Vegas and want to find good places to eat and people who come to Las Vegas and want to find good places to eat. I don't compare what we do in Vegas to places outside of Vegas. I only care about the food here. In do you think that maybe you should say, 
great barbecue in a town that doesn't have good barbecue? Like maybe put that, you know, example out there, you know, I, that, that I qualifier? May, I may have written that exact thing, but we'll never know because John can't read, as we've established. <laughs> John, why can't Johnny read? Yeah. And yet he has a law degree. That's a, that's a whole show topic <laughs> right there. Okay, let's get to um, what's going on in this town. And this, this is why we're bringing Jolene to the table, because I wanted to have you on. But I wanted to have Joe here because you want to talk about, man, there's a food scene that's just erupted in the past, what, year and a half, two years here in Las Vegas? I mean, we had world-class <coughs> chefs. We had the Robichons. We had the Guisevois. We've had them for years and years. But now there's like an actual community of local foodies who go out late at night and drink and eat together. Brock, you, you write about it more than anybody else. Jolene, you're kind of the epicenter of it. I love it. I mean, I want places to go late night to eat, so, yeah. I mean, definitely more, uh, more sense of community is happening here, especially, you know, like we do the whole downtown thing, but everywhere. Um, you can get a great meal all down the street, all, the, on the, uh, all down the strip, but the locals that want to go out want something a little bit different, so we're trying to create that. And Brock, it's kind of started with the food truck explosion two years ago. I think, you know, when Rick... Guerrero started sliding through, that sort of started bringing us all kind of together off the strip. Do yeah. you think that's where it began, or was there something going on before um, I think that the food truck development has been one piece to that puzzle. I think kind of traditionally the way that interesting and significant uh, dining experience have popped up in the suburbs and in the neighborhood is because you have chefs that come to town to work on the strip. You know, after they're done being a crazy wild chef, they get married, they have kids, and they want to create a home here, and that leads to them opening up neighborhood restaurants. That's how we got Rosemary's. That's how we got Firefly. That's how we got Todd's Unique Dining in Henderson. There's so many places that have developed that way. But in the last few years, food trucks included, pop-up dinners included, I think there's a lot more development that's starting out in the, away from the strip. Mm -hmm. um, where... Uh, I guess the question, where's, where are the hot spots? If you want to be cool, because some people watch the show because for some strange reason they think I might be cool. I am not, but you guys are. If you want to be cool, where, what's going on right now? I mean, Joe's doing pop-ups. Jet Teal is doing pop-ups. There are a couple food trucks. You organize a food truck get-together. Joe organizes a food truck get-together. What's like the, the next hip thing that people should be thinking about right now? I think... Uh... I think downtown is, is kind of a hot spot. There's a lot of buzz going on down there. There's so much general cultural development happening down there that food is starting to come into that piece. I think it's still, still in the developmental it's stages definitely. downtown. Absolutely. Well, just between us, we probably, before the show started, spoke about three or four chefs, maybe somebody sitting at this table, maybe <coughs> not, who are on the verge of signing downtown deals. I mean, is downtown going to get any I'm, better? I am not about to sign a deal You're to not? open a restaurant. Uh, really? Let me just That's deny that rumor right now. You were here. I am not opening a restaurant. You know, last time you were in my audience, you had just come from something for the downtown farmer's market that mm -hmm. opened. Right. So you are one of those guys that's out there signing those deals. I'm not signing any deals, but the farmer's market, again, that's another good example of something that's happening that has nothing to do with the strip right. that's significant for food in our town. So farmer's markets, restaurants, what's coming to, the, to downtown right now? Well, everything. 
I mean, there. Well, there's it's, not it's, a lot there. There's, you know, there's, I was in the Ogden last no, night, and I couldn't find a place to buy no, a decent bottle of wine there's nothing within a there. three-block <laughs> radius. It was like yeah. you could buy Boone's Farm, right. you know, and I wasn't going to show up at Tony Shea's yeah. penthouse with yeah. Boone's Farm in my A lot of hype and, and not it's, a lot of uh, no, results it's, it, just it yet. It can't happen overnight. Of course. But, you know, it's got well, to take time to happen. Years, okay? Yeah, but this is the this is the most growth that you've seen over the last year and a half downtown. I mean, I've been watching it for the last six years and nothing's happened. Now they're talking, now people are moving and you know, people, you know, it, it, places are being bought, but build out takes six, seven, eight months to, to happen. So in the next year and a half, you're gonna see a lot. We need grocery stores, we need restaurants, we need bars, we need shopping, we need retail, we need everything. Good wine store. We need a good so wine store. So I don't have to show up at your place yes, with Boone's Farm. That's right. You know? but, um, no offense to the Boone's Farm people, I will still accept an endorsement. It's, it's definitely happening. <laughs> yeah. If it's free, <laughs> free booze, I'm down. People are more uh, interested and willing to help as well. Just like we did our pop-up at Latai, they let us come in and take over their kitchen for, for nothing. You know what I mean? They they all want that sense of community. You know, it, it's it's definitely you know moving at a faster pace. I think that's yeah. a good. I think one of the major reasons why we have this kind of local stuff developing right now is because there and and this is a big thing in the food truck scene. There's a sense of collaboration among businesses. You know, I don't I don't think anybody would typically think that the restaurant business, which is so cutthroat mm -hmm. and competitive, especially on the strip. Uh, that you would find people that want to work together and promote each other's businesses, but that's that's what's happening, and it's leading to kind of that whole uh, rising tide lifting all boats and, thing. And also, Jolene took me to um, to the culinary team over at Silverado Ranch, Silverado yeah. High School, excuse me, who I had How here last week. I mean, this is great, and you guys are all coming together. The chefs are coming together. Yeah. It's the kids, it's the chefs, it's everybody coming together. Yeah. Here's what I find interesting, because not everybody that watches this show is from Las Vegas. Right. And, you know, it's cool. It's easy to drive by Tommy Rockers when you're doing your Saturday night truck stop or drive right. by one of Brock's events if you live here. But I'm getting the reporters from, say, the New York Times that are calling me. And they're asking, where's the hip underground joint in Vegas? Why right. are they calling you, Al? Um, <laughs> it doesn't a, make any sense. I have a listed phone number, Brock. You or ah, Mr. Hipster don't, don't want to be. Yeah. I know, I was forgetting something. Yeah. Um, but no, are you finding more national attention coming here to Vegas and to these underground things? Because they don't want to go. I mean, literally, the New York Times, hopefully the article will be out in about 10 days. Uh -huh. And she, okay, she wanted me to take her to, or well, she took me, she's a very generous lady, but to Twist by Pierre Gagnier. But she also wanted to go to Great Bow. Yeah. Which is, and hopefully awesome. Sheridan's going to be on this show in two weeks. Right. But it's a tiny little underground joint in a hair salon. Yeah. Right. I mean, think about, yeah. think about what you're saying. Like a, a restaurant in a hair salon in Las Vegas is getting attention nationally. Like, I think that says it all right there that, that yeah. Las Vegas is becoming more of a food, a food city and not just a restaurant city. Correct. There's a difference. What are we missing? I mean, a Jolene restaurant. You know, <laughs> a lot of these chefs are amazing chefs that are in all these, uh, you know, big casinos. And it's hard to break away and do your own thing when you get taken care of so well. You know what I mean? To, to jump off the ship and, and do your own thing. You know, so. But are you guys, are you, do you ever just go, wow. I mean, like, for example, Ethiopian, we have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Russian, we have it. Is there a type of cuisine that you guys go, wow, Vegas needs this? Uh, I mean, we have great Bulgarian. Here, you know, we have a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, mean, I think we got. I think the foundation's there. I think we just need more of everything. 
<laughs> Probably more, 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 more of everything. More ethnic. More of everything. More good ethnic stuff time, is always right? is always good. You know. Yeah. Favorite. What What's the best ethnic cuisine here in Vegas? Hmm. I don't know. Where are you going to go for that? And we've got great Chinese. I'm, I'm actually. You know I mean, I'll let you ponder because we've got a question over there. All right. Yeah, Nate wants to know, is the end game for most chefs to get a strip restaurant, or can you be satisfied with a great off-strip restaurant? Depends on the chef. I think. I, yeah. 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 I think so. I think, ultimately, the end goal for a lot of chefs is <coughs> maybe to have their own place and then do whatever they want to. But, but, no, but then at the other side of it, and then, then they have like celebrity status if they're working for, you know. Well, you know, John Curtis once said, and I hate to quote John because... I hate John, yeah. but that yeah. being said, um, now John once said that everyone claims they want to get off the strip. Right. Everyone will say to you, I want to get off the strip. I want a tiny little place that only does 40 covers a night, and that's wonderful. But when you take them out of those expense accounts, right. and when you take them exactly. away from those, you just, what, you told me a party of nine did 30, dropped $30,000 at a table of yours at SDK the other yeah. night. Yeah. And when you take them out of that environment, <laughs> Oh, really? Was that secret information? No, not at all. It's, you know, but when it, you yeah. No, I'm going like, to steal her purse on It's a fun lifestyle to live and to have people that are, can take care of everything for you. When you have your own place, then, yeah, if something busts, you have to fix it yourself. You can't call the hotel to take care of that, you know, so. But then, then when they do call the hotel, they complain because it's union workers who wait until it's... That's the complaints I hear. I have nothing against unions. People I love the unions, okay? <laughs> want to make that clear. But I hear that all the time, that when you're on the strip, the union costs drive you to death. Yeah. Yes? No? Yeah, it's definitely a whole different universe operating on the strip and operating in the neighborhood here. What's a huge night in one of these strip restaurants? I mean, I mean you SDK on a Saturday night will easily sell $100,000. They, all, they were just shy of $2 million for last month by like $5,000. Like it was ridiculous. And $2 million was, in a month? In a month. In a one month. That just really sounds like a lot of good tips for the people that are waiting tables. Does not <laughs> suck. I'm just a 2 million, 10%, 200,000, 400,000 in tips to be split up between you guys in a month? It's good. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's a good job. It's a good job if you can get it. It's a good job if you can get it. Most ridiculous meal you've ever served on this trip? I mean, that, that was probably it. I mean, there are eight, eight ounces of caviar and vintage, you know, Don Rose magnums and, you know, it was just retarded. Yeah. Brock, do you still eat on this trip? Because most of what you review is off strip, generally. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a, it's a mix. It's a mix. I do, I probably eat on this trip about once a week. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a lot. Do you find any bargains on the strip as compared to off the strip? I mean, definitely not compared to off the strip. You know, uh, when you can go to Spring Mountain Road and eat, you know, maybe the best food in town at any of the restaurants in Chinatown for for ten to twenty bucks. Yeah. My, my wife was just quoting you today. We were driving over here. My oh wife, yeah. My wife. What did I say? And you said something to the effect of. Was it intelligent? Well, for you, very. Thanks. <laughs> it was something to the effect of it's a game you play with yourself. I'll just walk into any random place oh. in Chinatown and see. Oh, if I it's yeah, everything is good. Everything yeah. is good over there. You can't, you can't lose, really. Well, I haven't lost yet. Yeah, there's probably some, some bums in Chinatown. We'll wait until you get food poisoning from yeah. someplace. Well, and then yeah. we'll let you know. I mean, that happens all the I time. Mean, That's I a went, job hazard. I can't think of the name of it. Was, can, I, can I ask in the crowd what was the name of the place that I went to that I hated? That was over by Manta. 
Uh-oh, you're going yeah. to single somebody out like that? No. Well, whatever. I'm just saying, I walked in there. Well, let's see. What's by Monta? It wasn't, it wasn't it was Raku. Raku. It wasn't, no, was but it, it was the, a fusion uh, place that was supposed to be Italian and yes, Chinese. Yes. And it Nakamura, not, yeah. It was not done properly. Oh, really? Proper. You know, they actually did that at same Italian fusion, um, Italian... Japanese fusion over <coughs> on the other side of town, and they moved the chefs over there. I liked it on the other side of town, but I haven't been to the new one. <laughs> Scott? Yeah, Nate wants to know, is it possible to be a successful restauranteur and not be a famous chef? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Well, again, I mean, we talk about some of these small people, and they become famous chefs afterwards. I mean, Mitsuendo at Raku was not really a famous chef when he came to Vegas and did huge things. But even Sheridan Sue was not No one in Vegas is. The chefs that are doing the cooking are not famous. Right. right. There's a famous chef whose name is on the door. Correct. And then there are the guys that we enjoy hanging out with. And those guys are doing the cooking. And they then occasionally, when they're willing to give up the hookers and blow lifestyle of being on the strip, they... <laughs> Yeah, come on. Okay. <laughs> you work at ST Kid. Don't tell me you I haven't seen a few hookers. I don't know that lifestyle. Days, but, um, no, okay, maybe no blow. No blow, but certainly seen a few hookers in that place. Or not blow on the hookers. <laughs> right, sorry. not blow on the hookers. But um, no, but when they, when they eventually walk away from that. <laughs> Can you edit that? And they, <laughs> no, no editing. We are live, Jolene. <laughs> hookers and blow. Hookers live. and blow. That's the name of the show from now on. Yeah. But no, when these guys actually walk off the strip and when they do go out there and when guys like Michael and Wendy <clears throat> Jordan who did it successfully for nine or ten years before they had to close Rosemary's, but um, people like Todd Clore, who left Bally's Sterling Brunch and went over to Todd's Unique Dining in, um, in Green Valley. I mean, these guys are very successful. Yeah. Nobody knows their name. Right. If I say Todd's Clore, Todd Clore, nobody goes, oh, Todd's Unique Dining. They don't know who the hell he is, but he's very successful. Yeah, they're he, always busy. They do very well. Yeah. yeah. Another question, Scott? Yes, other than the hooker and blow question that's circling in my head. Uh, what, what is that? <laughs> what, let's curiosity. do the hooker and blow question. I, I'd love a good hooker and blow question. Because I want to go home. Uh, oh, you got a wife watching, yes, do you? Yes, I do. Uh, how about the reason? I think the, uh, the famous chef question kind of rings back to, if you're a famous chef, you probably have financing. But if you're a not famous chef, what does it cost to start a great restaurant uh, either strip or off strip, and how long should somebody expect to take before they get their feet underneath them and actually start making some money? Who's sending this well, question? I know. This well, is this like is a, a chef like, a very financial guy. Write me my business plan. This is my yeah, but plan. it's a very vague question because it, it depends on if you want a, a restaurant that's going to seat 10 or if you want a restaurant that's going to seat 100. If you're going to find a, well, a well, restaurant that you're taking over that already has a kitchen built into it or if you've got to build from you know, nothing. You don't have so to wait until you're off it can camera be, to pour that oh, on rock. I was trying to be, I was trying some, to be secret. I was trying to be, I'm sorry. It's Joe, continue. Yeah, well, it could be anywhere. If, you, if you're taking over a restaurant, it could be $30,000 or it can be, you know, $300,000 well, if you have to do a build-out. Okay, then I'm going to ask you in a couple different examples. For example, Sheridan Sue, yeah. who we just spoke of, went on Craigslist yep. and found a little cafe right. in a hair salon right. and decided to do something amazing there. Yeah. And he can charge three or four bucks for lunch, yep. and he's getting the New York Times. Yeah. You are doing pop-ups. Right. And the, do you think pop-ups are a new way for young, up-and-coming people to do it? I think it's... Perfect. I Better mean, than what, food trucks. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, because, well, now we can be more creative and we can do courses and we can do whatever. When you're, you're limited on a food truck to 
what you're going to produce and what equipment you have and, and whatnot. But um, you know, we're doing this because we are looking to get a restaurant. We want to build a clientele for ourselves. So this is how you do this. This is how you get investors. You can you can actually show the product and and throw a great dinner party. Um, and you your know, party last last night, which was yeah. amazing, had it was limited to 30 people. Right. Right. It started off. That it started way. off that way. Yeah, there were a few more. But um, and we walked through the door. You had to leave a credit card to get in. Right. But you walked through the door. And it was $55 a head, and so I pulled out $110 from my pocket. I stuck right. it in a donations. Right. I hope I'm not getting you in trouble with the IRS. No, because but it's, <laughs> it, well, it's considered, you know, uh, you're, you're donating the, the $55 right. to be at the dinner. And you had a gr in two incredible chefs. Recognize both the chefs that were there, please. Uh, Joshua Clark, who's my partner. Of course. And uh, Lai uh, Dow helped him out as well. Yes. Yeah. So you had these guys, but they were cooking like with blowtorches in a tiny little kitchen and doing. It this. was a regular, you know, residential kitchen so that they did. So how much did you have to invest to start that? How much? Did, oh, okay. How much did it cost you? We we to were go into that? we were very lucky because we went into that deal having a spot that was lent to us. And they supply the tables and the linens and the silverware. So Thank we you just, for being rich, Tony Shea. We all like yeah, you well. Yeah, we just had to rent. You know, we had to rent some plates. Um, I already have purchased, you know, glassware and stuff. Um, so it was it was minimal besides the food. So. So at the end of the day, did you make money or did you yeah. do it to spread the word? No, we made a little bit, but nothing that would, you know, nothing to break the bank by any means. The the whole point behind this is for everybody to experience what we're trying to to. To, you know, accomplish and, and produce, and to build the clientele for ourselves, for the you know, right. for the upcoming restaurant. Now, Jolene's building momentum. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. can we get to the other? <coughs> huh? Downtown. Yes. For downtown. Downtown Chowdown. Yes. It's called Chow Downtown. Chow Downtown. Sorry. Yeah. But um, okay. But we can go to get back to Scott's or whoever was Scott was pretending to be on the chat room. Right. We can get back. It would take. It sometimes takes a lot of money. When sure. Michael Mina lost his partner, and he wanted to stay in Vegas, he had to go to Andre Agassi for cash. Yeah, and when you're going for Andre Agassi cash, that ain't chump change. No. Right. But that's he's producing something large. You can have something that's really successful and and not spend that much money. I mean, if you're walking into a pre-existing restaurant and you're going to take it over, you can probably get it started, I'm going to say, for $150,000. If you've got everything, the equipment and everything, you've got your, you know, everything already built <coughs> out. When you're building out, it's a lot more money. Brock just did this. It was like, what? He's like $150,000. Yeah, I don't, a lot I don't of money. understand numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think you kind of went, $150,000 is not a lot I, of money. I, I, I deal in words. Numbers confuse me. Yes. Well, we could write it out for you. Don't, don't bother. Don't bother. O n e h u n d r e d. I think. I think going back to that question, another thing is that you know they're talking about what makes a successful restaurant or a successful chef or whatever. You know, just because it's in the media a lot, just because you or I are writing about a place, doesn't mean they're making a ton of money. I mean, we write about places all the time. A little hole in the walls that have great food, and then they're closed. The you know, month. you know what cracks people up when, and, and Scott and I were talking about this last week, and a few, <coughs> a few other people. These guys who have these marquee restaurants, mm -hmm. um, and whether it be a Hubert Keller, whether it be a Wolfgang Puck, these guys make more money off their frozen pizzas or their hamburger stands than they will ever make off their five hundred dollar a head meals. You do the five hundred dollar a head. So that you could sell the frozen pizzas. I mean, am, am I wrong? No, you're right. No, you're that's right. true, you're and definitely. that's why we're 
That's why we're seeing a lot less fine dining on the strip and, and so many celebrity chefs going with casual, casual concepts. The only David Burke concept we still have in Las Vegas is at the airport. It's Burke in the Box, and I think Terminal C or Terminal D of McCarran. Yeah. David Burke was, you know, couldn't make a living here in Vegas selling fine dining, but he's selling pizza and making a buttload of money. Do you eat at the airport a lot, Al? <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I yeah. pick up the hookers and the blow. Oh. Okay. <laughs> they come in, it's actually a trade, never mind, it's a, it's a barter system, but um, guys, so, so Joe, we've talked about pop-ups. Yeah. Scott, don't we always get questions, what is a pop-up, what, what are pop-ups? You are doing some, yeah. Brock, are you involved in any pop-ups directly? No, not yet. I'm working on a few things, but I uh, haven't, haven't but branched out into that just yet. <laughs> so you can talk about yours, though. You just did your third? Yeah. Yeah, we did one at Bread and Butter, we did one at Latai, and then we just did this one at the Octon. So we've got a few more planned um, that we'll, you know, we'll release soon. But, um, but at the end of the day, you have to kind of sign on and learn. Pop-ups, you're sold out. In, by the time I blogged it, you were sold out. Yeah, it was you know, awesome. Was like, it was pretty amazing. I'm like, okay, I'm working on something, and oh, yeah, I'll blog about Joe's thing in 15 minutes, and then 20 minutes later, you yeah, were sold like, out. Yeah. So you really need to be on social networking. Right? I mean, is everything about social networking, Brock, these days? Well, again, I think that is a huge indicator of how far we've come. Like, Las Vegans are willing to do this kind of stuff. That, that wouldn't have happened a few years ago. Right. It's kind of at a critical mass where there's a lot more, there's a lot more foodies. There's a lot more people interested in, in new experiences and trying something different. Oh, cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for both of you being here. Yeah. Well, who does somebody need to get to use? Sloppy Joe's? Uh, they can go to sloppyjoes.com to email me, the dinefine.net to, to get in touch with me also, and that's where I'll be putting up, uh, you know, listing the, the dates for the uh, Chow Downtown, um, as well as we're going to do one or two outside of downtown. Uh, we have a few offers for that. It'll be called what, so. Chow Strip or something? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Chow on the Strip? I don't know if that sounds dirtier <laughs> or less dirty, really. Brock, you, of course, I mean, we see you all the time in the weekly. Desert Companion, you're pretty much there. You and my buddy Jim Begley are there to go to food guys. Yep. Where else can they read what you're writing? That's, that, isn't that enough? How many places do I have to write for? Huh? I don't know. I got a wife. She wants me to earn some money, man. Las, Las, Vegas, <laughs> Las Vegas Weekly is, is my main spot. Best food coverage in town. No offense, Al. LasVegasWeekly.com. Also, we have another street food throwdown yeah, well, you know coming up if in you May. you stop putting halfway naked people on the cover and actually, you know, act like journalists over at the Weekly. Why the Weekly, always, oh, everything's a half-naked woman. Uh, have you seen this week? Uh-uh. Uh I don't, I, don't, no. I don't understand why you have a problem with that. Where's the throwdown? Uh, you know, I like my porn hardcore, <laughs> not, hard, uh. not softcore. Anyway, no, definitely check out, check out Brock's writing everywhere. Brock, BrockRadkey.com? Yeah. It? Yeah, I'm there also. You're also And the next street food throwdown is May 20th at Tivoli Village in awesome. Summerland. What's the throwdown? Can you tell us? Uh, I can say that there's going to be five food trucks, and they're going to be pairing up each with a restaurant at Tivoli Village awesome. and creating a collaborative dish. Awesome. And if I may ask you guys to please support and send out to your people, tomorrow, first Friday, a project I've been working on for a month, and I think you'll like this. We took three visual artists. Painters, sculptors, people like sculptors, not sculptures, because that wouldn't work. But sculptors, painters. And we teamed each of them with a pastry chef to come up with the, the painter or the artist's idea of the coolest wedding cake they could come up with. They're going to be on display tomorrow at First awesome. Friday. This is a month-long process. It's going to be in Luxury Las Vegas in the June bridal issue. Nice. I'm going to document the whole thing. But if you guys could please come down, I'd love to have awesome. you there. Sounds Absolutely. great. Cool. In the meantime, um, 
Twitter me, Al Mancini Vegas. I'm on Facebook. My website's almancini.net. I've got a book out there. It's called Eating Las Vegas, better than anything this guy's ever written. But maybe once I, ki once I kill John Curtis, maybe I'll invite you to write the next edition. I decline the invitation right now. <laughs> Excuse me. I think just for the death of John Curtis, you should support it. Okay. I'll plead the fifth. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys.